Well, markets in many places clearly are thinking that central banks might step back a bit as PMI readings on Friday came in softer than expected. Quite a bit softer, actually. There's one exception. Good old UK, where PMIs were down, but retail sales were a bit stronger than envisaged. So no downgrade in expectations for the Bank of England. And this week, well, those important inflation numbers. Europe, Canada, Australia. And then the Russian shenanigans over the weekend. Will that have any market impact whatsoever? It's Monday, the 26th of June, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, bond yields moved markedly lower last week. Ten-year treasuries down six basis points on Friday. German ten-year bonds down 14 basis points, down 15 in France, Italy and Spain. Even in the UK, they fell five basis points. But in Australia, up just one basis points. Ten years hanging around just below 4% now. The US dollar up 0.4% on Friday on the DXY, about three quarters of a percent up on the week. The Aussie dollar took another big hit on Friday, losing 1.1% to 66.8 US cents. The lowest uh, for more than a couple of weeks now. And US equities also taking a hit on Friday after a very choppy week. 1% off the Nasdaq, three quarters of a percent off the SP, and 0.7% off the Dow. The Dow down 1.5% over the week, ever so slightly less than that for the Nasdaq. But shares are down just about everywhere on Friday. 1% off the DAX, 1.7% off the Hang Seng, 1.3% off the ASX 200. Even though it was closed part of the week, the CSI 300 was down 2.5% over the week last week and oil still lower on friday as well wti well below 70 now in fact it got down to 67.35 during the session on friday closing at 69.16 uh, with a half percent fall brent fell 0.4 percent finishing up just below 74 dollars and uh, so a busy day on friday which we'll get to but also quite a busy weekend for the war in europe with a bit of a strange ending uh, let's talk briefly about that. I don't know if we can draw any uh, staggering conclusions from it, but Nabs Taylor Nugent joins me from uh, from Melbourne. The thing is, this march on Moscow is over as quick as it started, and we're sort of back to square one. So probably not much market response. But it does raise the question, doesn't it, if there was anything to suggest that the war in Ukraine is nearing an end, and that might have been the conclusion from all of this, just how big would the reaction be on the markets perhaps not as big as it would have been a year ago, I suspect. Yeah, good Good morning, Phil. As you say, difficult to draw any kind of strong conclusions about the market reaction for those events. So over the weekend, they kind of, you know, flared up with that that march from the, the chief of, of Wagner Group towards Moscow over the weekend and then a, a Belarusian negotiated deal seeing that that convoy turn around and a, and a de-escalation. And so, you know, given that um, we've already seen that, that de-escalation ahead of um, before markets, um, get underway on on Monday. Difficult to know exactly how much uh, reaction there there will be. Certainly, though, you know this you know uncertainty remains high. And and but it could know, be positive all- uncertainty. I mean, I, nobody knows, do they? Know where, where it's all going. So we'll 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 move on for it. But it's uh, I mean, it was a bizarre thing, all in all, wasn't it? But meanwhile, uh, central banks perhaps are starting to have an impact because PMIs came in generally lower than expected on Friday. So US manufacturing fell from 48.4 to 46.3. Manufacturing for the UK, 47.1 to 46.2. German manufacturing, 43.2 to 41. The euro area generally, 44.8 down to 43.6. In every case, I mean, quite large falls and certainly much uh, bigger than expected. But I guess the game changers as well is that we are starting to see weakness in services as well. So France's services, for example, 
from 52.5 to 48 in a month. That is quite quite a move. It, it is, yeah. That that sizable move in in France certainly getting getting a lot of attention and seeing quite a reaction with the the euro down about 0.6 percent on on the day as well. But kind of as you said there, across the board in those those um, preliminary PMIs, that that story of of weakness in in manufacturing with output still falling and, and weakening a, a little further, and then the outperformance of services moderating was fairly broad based across countries, um, but more concentrated in um, in Europe as well. In Germany, that kind of divergence between very, very weak manufacturing at, at 41 versus services still still certainly outperforming at 54.1, but falling a bit more materially than than expected. And that that surprise really that services PMI number in France, which well to, fell to, to 48 versus expectations for 52.1. So a, a fairly meaningful um, fall there can be a bit of volatility, especially in these preliminary numbers. So so worth a little bit of a word of caution, but certainly you know the the broader picture painted by these is a story of of growth moderating um, and and looking to be broadening into that services side as well. So that'll be getting a lot of attention. Also in that European data, um, some you know more positive news on the prices side as well. Um, so while the the growth picture was was fairly gloomy, there was also the case that that is flowing through into easing cost pressures through this survey as well. So manufacturing input prices had their their fourth consecutive fall and, and fell the most since two thousand and nine um, in June. Um, and then the, on the services side, while still elevated, well above where the ECB would like to see them, you did see that kind of moderation in in um, prices across the services sector um, continue as well, even as elevated wage pressures still, you know, add a little bit of uncertainty about whether it's really is enough to see inflation back to the ECB's target. So, well, and the ECB, I think, is forecasting. I mean, they revised it down, their growth for this year, didn't they? But they need to, what, from 1% down to 0.9%. They didn't move it a great deal last time. I mean, that doesn't look, I mean, it looks like they're going to have to revise this down even further. And presumably this is why we are seeing quite such a fall in yields now you know this this slowdown suggests well central banks are not going to have to do as much obviously potentially so yeah over, over the week certainly that that fall in yields was definitely led by by the longer end and i think what you're seeing there is just a pattern of you know there is some evidence that you're getting bite through um through activity in the economy from um, the, the tightening of monetary policy put through so far. Um, and the question now really is, you know, is that sufficient for inflation to come down enough? And, and secondly, tied into that, will central banks be confident enough that it is sufficient and inflation is genuinely heading back to their target um, in time to not kind of unnecessarily weigh on demand? So, you know, overall, that's kind of keeping near-term pricing um, supported with central banks very much still in, in inflation fighting mode and, and the hard data on inflation still giving them very little wriggle room to, mm. to kind of respond to signs of deterioration in, in the growth outlook. Although, you know, we are hearing more talk, aren't we, about, well, we need to give it time, you know. So uh, Raphael Bostig over the weekend saying, you know, that the Fed should stay where they are basically for the rest of the year because all the tightening they've done uh, will become increasingly effective over coming months. So, you know, work the lag and stop is basically what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So interesting comments from from Bostic on Friday. So over the week, we did hear Powell kind of reaffirming that that two um, two more hikes as a reasonable baseline. We had comments from San Francisco's Daily on Friday as well, making the same point that two quarter point hikes are a, a very reasonable projection. Um, but on that that more dovish side, Bostic has already come out as as one of the one of the FOMC participants that um, had a 
uh, adult plot unchanged over the over the course of this year. So not necessarily surprising that those comments were towards the the dovish side. Um, but interestingly, in those comments as well, it's not as if he was entertaining the prospect of cuts in in the near term. So that his comments were really about you know given the uncertainties and the information that he has today, he'd be comfortable um, staying where they are, um, but staying there through the rest of the year and and long into next year. So even though he's not looking for more hikes, still doesn't see a case for a cut in the near term. You've got markets still kind of continuing to discount that that median FOMC projection for for two more hikes and and some comments um, from from Daly as well as she's one of um, also looking for for two more hikes. You know, potentially giving some some um, hint as to to why markets are continuing to to discount that projection. Just noting that you know this is a this is a proposition where they're assessing the data over time and and now having slowed down, um, they're going to have to find the terminal rate by looking at the data. So that that opportunity for the data flow over the next little while to come in and, and mean that the Fed doesn't actually deliver that current baseline projection is certainly there and certainly mirrored in, in Fed commentary. Well, those PMIs were a big step in that direction, weren't they? And UK PMIs, even though they fell, uh, retail sales were rising a little in May, up 0.3% month on month uh, on top of a half percent increase in May. And look, you know, UK uh, bond yields not moving down as much as anywhere, most other places. In fact, two-year gilt yields really didn't move at all on, on Friday. And maybe that is because there, at least, there is the sense that the central bank is just going to keep on at it because they've got such a big job to do. Yeah, it's been a, a big week for um for, for UK BOE um, pricing and, and for, for gilt markets, certainly with the, the high inflation data and then the, the Bank of England um, moving by 50 basis points as well. And, and the retail sales data on Friday just kind of added um, in, in the same direction, volumes there rising 0.3% after a 0.5% gain in April. Um, and that was against expectations for a 0.2% fall. So, you know, while you did see some of that moderation coming through in, in the PMIs, not to the same extent as, as continental Europe, um, you also saw wages pressures cited very strongly through that survey as as contributing to, to service price inflation as well. So that kind of Inflation backdrop, no relief there. Um, market pricing has has moved even even further, and so now a, a peak bank rate of of close to six point one five percent, which is about thirty five basis points higher than it was at at the start of the week. So you know, one more one more sign to to add to a week um, of of indicators suggesting that the BOE is is doing more than than previously thought. Um, and against all of this as well, even though you know it is a, a picture of kind of. Doom and gloom when when you look at the app um, the outlook potentially and what's happening in in mortgage markets and those squeezes on households. Interesting to note the consumer confidence out on Friday as well, up to an eighteen month high. So you know resilient spending, consumer confidence lifting, um, inflation pressures very strong. The the story in the UK, yeah, the and, but the sun's shining, so everyone's happy, so they can ignore it all. Maybe and you know perhaps they feel like they uh, they stand a chance with the ashes. <clears throat> I might be wrong on that one. Uh, so another place where the uh, core inflation is still rising obviously japan so the headline rate down but we saw the core number rise on on friday so more of a headache for the for the bank of japan yeah the, the headline rate down a little bit to, to 3.2 percent as expected some some energy subsidies are affecting that but you know that core core rate in japan that excludes fresh food and energy up to 4.3 percent from 4.1 and a little bit um, higher than the 4.2 percent expected there as well so, you know, for the Bank of Japan, their their most recent inflation forecast had inflation falling back below target. 
um, over the year to March. And certainly for, for fiscal 2025, they were forecasting just 1.6% inflation. But that kind of continued increase in, in core inflation does point to an upward revision to those forecasts at, at the July meeting and is, you know, one more question mark over the longevity of the, the YCC policy, um, especially, um, you know, tied into that is kind of that divergence between the BOJ's continued commitment to continued easing um, while other central banks are, are moving higher has seen the yen quite a lot weaker over, over the week as well. Um, down 1.3% against the dollar, the, the USD against the yen now at 143.70 and and moving up to its highest level since November and, and you know, not far off those kind of 146 levels um, where where there was intervention um, last year. Now, talking about intervention, there's a bit in the uh, the South China Morning Post today about, you know, what could the, uh, the government or the central bank do in China to give some stimulus? There's a think tank there calling for 1.5 trillion yuan in special treasury bonds that could be used for direct payments to households you know sort of in a a kevin rudd fashion and kevin speaks the lingo he could go over there and do it for them uh but i mean we'll wait and see won't we maybe this week there will be some sort of announcement of what sort of stimulus they will introduce in china because it seems likely there will be some sort of fiscal stimulus so we watch out for that today german ifo is out we get manufacturing sales for canada but generally a quiet day for data but quite a big week for inflation so cpi for canada and Germany and the euro area we also get German unemployment as well and US core PCE as well, but also a slab of Aussie data, including inflation, retail sales, job vacancies, all ahead of the RBA next week. So it's going to be a busy week. Yeah, very busy week. And, you know, a bunch of inflation data in there, as you said, the, the Tokyo CPI for, for Japan, you can add to, to that list of inflation indicators coming up as well. For Australia, that monthly um, CPI indicator on Wednesday, kind of the pick of the bunch in the lead up to the RBA's July meeting. Um, expectations there are for a pretty chunky fall in that that year-on-year headline rate. We're penciling in 5.9% from, from 6.8. We would caution there, though, that most of that is, is fuel base effect driven. And so it isn't could give kind of a, an overly um, optimistic impression of the, the speed of disinflation. And we'll be looking at that, um, that exclusion-based um, indicator that takes out fuel um, fruits, vegetables, and travel as well, and expect much less moderation there. Um, anything above kind of a 6.4% year on year on that exclusion measure would be, you know, would give make the RBA uncomfortable about their, their May CPI forecast, you'd, you'd have to say. Elsewhere, as you said, retail sales and job vacancies on, on Thursday also worth a bit, a bit more of a look than they would usually get, given that um, vacancies have retreated really only modestly from their, their May 2022 highs. And, you know, a more substantive moderation in vacancies would certainly give the RBA more confidence in their forecasts. Right. And the Look, the fantasy football equivalent for people who follow monetary policy at great length, uh, you know, what would be your dream discussion panel? Because uh, uh, the ECB Forum on Central Banking is on in Sintra in Portugal. It kick, actually kicks off uh, today or tonight, but just uh, with, their, with their dinner with Christine Lagarde speaking. And uh, it's, it's all a bit uh, the academics basically on Tuesday. But Wednesday, the power panel is Andrew Bailey, Christine Lagarde, Jerome Powell and Kazuo Ueda uh, from the Bank of Japan. Uh, so an hour and a half to find out what, you know, to, to hear them battling each other out about who's got the best idea of the way forward. That's going to be interesting. 
possibly. That's right. Yeah. So that that um, flagship Sintra conference, there'll be a, a lot of central bank speak um, alongside that, but capstoned, as you say, by that that um, that panel on Wednesday. Yeah. Very good. Okay. We'll watch with interest. Good to see you, Taylor. Catch you soon. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's Monday morning's morning call from NAV. I'm Phil Dobby. I'm back again tomorrow. I'll see you then. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.